and take that to Taylor. Thank you. Just take that to Taylor. Awesome. Awesome. If you got your Bibles this morning, lift them up. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You believe that this morning? You know, I meant what I said earlier about the word today. I believe that God gives me words for you. You know, I don't ever feel like coming up here and just talking. Um, I want to come up here every week and deliver something to you that's straight from the heart of God out of my mouth to your heart. Because I believe God wants to touch your life. He wants us to be the people that he's called us to be. He wants us to walk in the fullness that Jesus died for. And so if you're here today and you are struggling, maybe you find yourself in one or two different places. You know, last week we talked about being lost. This week the title of the sermon is How to Stay Found. You know, Jesus talked about last week that he seeks and saves the lost, right? Which means he brings us back home. He brings us where we need to be. But here's what I've learned over my six-plus years now of being a senior pastor, six-plus years, is coming in and talking to different people. Here's what I've learned is that sometimes the problem is not that, that we get found, it's that we get lost again. You know, Jesus brings us back home, but then something goes on in our life, something comes along, and we end up wandering off, and the next thing you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere. You know, I I was thinking about some different ways that we get lost, why we get lost, and I came up just with a short list. It's probably not comprehensive, but it's just some things for you to think about today. Sometimes we get lost in life because we're curious. Hey, I wonder what's over there. You know, and so we wander off. And we go test things and we end up where we don't need to be because we're curious. Sometimes, you know, the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence. How many of you ever heard that term? I like to say the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence and it's probably because it's on a septic tank. Okay? So sometimes you get over there and try it out and it's not what you really thought. Okay? So that happens. Sometimes we get, uh, we get lost because we want and desire what other people have. We see people that seem to make more money or they seem to be happier or they seem to have more things and we decide we want that and we decide we're going to go after that. And the end result of that is we get lost. And finally, I think we get lost sometimes because of just inattention. We're not paying attention to life. We're not really watching what's going on. Maybe our friends are pulling us a certain direction. And by the way, that doesn't just happen to kids. That happens to adults too. And the next thing you know, the crowd you're with is somewhere you never thought you would be. And pretty soon you find yourself lost. So if you're lost today, maybe you're found, but you don't want to get lost anymore, this is for you. And I believe there's some things that God wants to teach us to help us stay close to him and help us not end up lost. Amen? So let's jump right in here. Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus talking. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. In other words, he comes to find lost sheep. How many of you have ever been lost before? Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus came to find you? Big deal, big deal. So how do we stay found? How do we keep from falling back into the lostness pattern? Well, look at your blanks this morning. This is your first blank. Know the truth. K-N-O-W. Know the truth. John 8, 31 and 32 says this. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, 
You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So the key to not being lost is very simple. The key to not being lost is to know him. It's to know Jesus. But, but as I was studying for this and, and trying to find a way that I really wanted to connect it with you guys, I thought about the word know. Like, I mean, how many of you would say you know someone? Come on, you know, you know somebody. You know, hopefully you know lots of people. But, but that word in the English language, it can be very shallow. I mean, you can know somebody. I can know Dave. But then I can know Miles, and and the way I know Miles and the way I know Dave are two different things, and yet the word is the same. So I wanted to see what Jesus was really saying when he said, you need to know me. And it's a Greek word, and it's a Greek word called gnosko. Everybody say gnosko. Bless you. Okay, it's gnosko, and this is what the Greek word means. This is what Jesus was saying when he said, you need to know me. This is the definition. To learn, to know, to come to know. To get a knowledge of or perceive or feel. But here's the the real translation right here. The Jewish idiom for physical relationship between a man and a woman. Absolute intimacy. So, well, pastor, what does that mean? You remember when Gabriel, the angel, came to Mary before she had Jesus? And he was talking to her and he was saying, hey, you're going to bear God's son? This is Mary's response. She said, how can I be pregnant if I have never known a man? And that's the word gnosko. In other words, Jesus says you need to know me, but not on a superficial relationship. Not like when you pass me in the mall or wave at me going down the highway. He said you need to know me in an intimate way. And I want to challenge you with that today. Do you know Jesus? I don't mean do you know about Jesus. But do you have that kind of an intimate relationship with him? I mean a heartfelt, knowing relationship because that's what he's looking for. You may remember one of these days as believers and unbelievers, we're all going to stand before Jesus. And the Bible talks about Jesus saying there's sheep and goats, and you want to be a sheep, not a goat, right? But to the goats, he said this. He said, depart from me, I never knew you, gnosko. He never intimately knew. There was never an intimate relationship there. So it can't be, hey, I know Jesus. It needs to be, no, I really have an intimate relationship with Jesus. We are close. And and that really, you're probably thinking, well, Pastor, what in the world does that have to do with being lost and staying found? How, How does that even matter? I want you to understand something. It means everything. It means everything. I'm going to jump around a little bit this morning, but I really want you guys to get this. I believe that we get lost in life because we don't truly know Jesus. We don't truly know him. And so what happens is things in life come along and they distract us. And we think, oh, I'm going to go over there, shiny objects, and we're going to run over here. Or, or maybe we perceive things in life. Maybe we're challenged with an addiction. There's these different things that come up in our life, and they distract us because we don't know. Jesus said, you will know 
the truth, and the truth will make you free. Paul said, once you become free, you need to stay free. You need to stay found. And if you don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus, and I mean more than a, yeah, I went to Sunday school or I went to VBS or I got saved at camp, I'm talking about an ongoing relationship. You know, the best marriages, the best relationships are ones where the the couple spends quality time together. Quality time together. You know, it's not just, hey, I said I loved you when I do, and then, you know, you never say it again. It's where you make an effort to spend time together and get to know each other. And Jesus is saying we need the same kind of relationship with him. So I began to think about, well, how do you do that? You have to spend time with him. And I would challenge you today, examine your own heart. If the only time you're spending time with Jesus is when you come to church Sunday morning, guys, that's not an intimate relationship. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. Jesus is calling us to a daily relationship with him. He's talking talking about a relationship where we're interacting with him on a consistent basis. And I want you to hear me. Hear my heart. You guys know I love you. You know I love you. It's on you. It's on you. He hung on a cross. He took your punishment. He's gone all the way. And he's like, I'm right here. But if we ignore him, if we don't make an effort to get to know him, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It takes you drawing close to him. As a matter of fact, one of the scriptures says... Draw close to me, and I will draw close to you. Notice it says, you draw close to me, and then I will draw close to you. He's waiting on us. And that really struck me, is that so many times in life, we choose not to spend time with him. Well, pastor, I'm doing my daily quiet time. Well, you know, some of the times, maybe the only time you really ever pray is when you get ready to eat. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for this food. Amen. And if that's the only time you pray during the week, that's not really much of a relationship, is it? And I'm not saying these things to condemn you. What I'm saying is to help you and protect you. You say, why? Here's what can happen in life. Here's what can happen. When we don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus and we wander off, this is what Jesus said. He said, the wolves come and they attack us. The wolves come and they attack us. And the Bible tells us that the enemy's job, his only job, John 10 verse 10 says this. The thief's purpose, Satan's purpose in life for you is to kill, steal, and destroy you. That's what he does. That's his whole job. His whole mission in life is to destroy your life. And Jesus said this. But I have come, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. And so we have these two extremes. We have the world over here on one side that glitters and tries to get our attention. And then we have Jesus over here. And here's part of the problem that we run into. Is Jesus sometimes doesn't appear as flashy as the world does. And so we get distracted. And we end up wandering away. And we end up falling for things that we should never fall for. I was thinking this morning in service, I was trying to think about a time that I'd really been lost. 
You know, I've never really been lost in the woods. I've always been a pretty good woodsman, and, and even in the military, I never really had problems. Even flying airplanes, I don't think I was ever lost. But I had forgotten about this until this morning. And I'm going to share with you one of the most terrifying moments of my life, and it happened when I was about seven years old. I was playing football. I was off at a football game, and my parents were somewhere in the crowd. And now I'm seven, so it's peewee, and everybody's running all over the place. And I was trying to find my parents after the game, and I could not find them. And I walked into the parking lot, and as I'm walking through all these cars that are packed there, there were no adults around. It was just me. And I look at it now, and it's almost like a dream. And I'm walking through all these cars trying to find my mom and dad. And all of a sudden, this pack of dogs, I walked upon a pack of dogs, which isn't a big deal until they attacked me. I'm seven years old, and I'm screaming, running, and there's nobody. And I'm bit, bit, I mean, they chewed me up. These wild dogs chewed me up, and I was terrified because I was a little guy. And I remember running, screaming for help. And I finally was able to crawl up on a car, and somebody saw me standing on top of this car, and they came and they ran the dogs off. And that's the picture that Jesus gives us when we're out by ourselves. When we chase these glittery things in the world and we begin to substitute real life because all the devil's trying to do is get you out there by yourself. And Jesus said, then the wolves come and they will chew you up. And so what I want you to do today, what I want you to think about today is to be honest. Be honest about where you are in life and realize some of you are chasing glittery things. Some of you are running around and you're looking for anything and you're trying anything. And I promise you, there are people in this room that have done that too. And some of them bear physical scars on their body from, hey, I'm going to try this out. What's a redneck's famous last words? Y'all watch this. How many of you would say in life, you can look at your body and your body is a road map to where you've been in life? How many of you would say you can look at yourself in life and realize the times that you've been lost? I want to give you a visual illustration today. Y'all know how I love to use Twinkies, but I wanted to mix it up a little bit today. I not only have Twinkies, but I have Ho-Hos and Ding-Dongs. And just, all I mean, you know, there is enough sugar in both of these bowls to send a sixth grader to the moon. I really think so. You could, uh, there you go. I could put a, an elephant in a coma right here, okay? Right here. And, and the reason I was thinking about this is that this is not real food. <laughs> this is not real food. This is imitation food. It doesn't satisfy you. What's actually interesting about this stuff is you can eat enough and never get enough. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you just kind of have to keep stuffing it in the body and your body. And the truth is, and I don't know if anybody's done a scientific study on this, but I bet if all you ate was this for a couple of weeks, you would die. You would literally probably just die from eating this stuff. It's a counterfeit. It's imitation food. It's not the real thing. The Bible talks about that. 
in Isaiah. Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 3 says this. Is anyone thirsty? Who's anyone? Are you an anyone? Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Verse 2. Why? Listen to this. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? And I would, I would change a word here and say, why spend your life? Why give your life for things that don't satisfy you? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good and you will enjoy the finest food. Verse 3, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love that I promised David. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said this. Come to me, all. Who's all? Don't you love these statements? Everyone. All. It's for all of us. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. The simplicity of this message. Simple. But the work is on you. See, your relationship with God is only going to be as deep as the effort that you put into it. If you don't spend any time with him, you're not going to know him very well. If I don't spend any time with Trish, I'm not going to know her. The more time I spend, the more I know her. And Jesus is that same way. And he is asking you for an intimate relationship with him. Come to me. All who are weary. Are you tired? I'm going to close with this. This is probably the single greatest truth I've learned being a senior pastor over the last six years. Until people want to change, they will not change. And and I'll tell you why. Because I have thrown myself at people over the years, even as a youth pastor. But until they were ready to change... Nothing happened. Nothing. Until we get to the place in life that we don't want to be lost anymore, we're going to stay lost. Until we get into the place in life to we're ready to forgive people, unforgiveness is going to rule in our lives. Until we get broken and realize we are broken and turn our lives to him, you won't change. Why is that important? In your own life, you have to ask yourself that question. Do I really want to change or do I want to play a little longer? told you this story. It wasn't very long after we'd moved here and a a mother brought over her teenage son. He was probably 18 or 19 years old. And she said, hey, Pastor, I'd really like you to talk to my son. He's been in fights. He's been messing around with alcohol, drugs, whatever, and he's he's in trouble. and, and, And we need to help him. I said, oh, that's great. She didn't go to our church. So she brings this young man over and brings him into my office and says, all right, guys, y'all enjoy your time. And we sit down. Well, after about 30 seconds of talking, I realized he didn't know why he was here. And I looked at him and I I said, hey, man, can I ask you a question? He said, I said, do you know why we're here? He said, I was going to ask you the same thing. He goes, all I know is mom came and picked me up and dropped me off and said I needed to talk to you. 
And I said, well, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, you've been out drinking, smoking, sex, drugs, rock and roll? Absolutely. I said, are you ready to change? He said, nope. And I said, well, let me tell you something, man. I said, one of these days, you're going to hit bottom. One of these days, you're going to hit a wall. And when you get there, holler at me or somebody because you're going to hit that wall. I said, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but, but sin for a season is a lot of fun. But the end result's going to kill you. I said, do you understand me? He said, yes, sir. He was very, very, he was a great young man. He said, yes, sir, I do. He said, but I'm not ready yet. I said, okay. I said, well, I'll pray for you. And then I said these words. This is very theological. I looked at him and I said, do you like the Dallas Cowboys? And then we talked about football for a little while. You say, pastor, that's so not pastoral. Yeah, it is. I could not talk him into doing anything. And that's not my job. My job was to tell him what, where he was going to end up if he kept doing what he was doing. And then be available when it happened. Some of you have loved ones that are in that boat. Spouse, kids, friends. And you say, Pastor, what do I do? What do I do? I preach to them. I've done this, that, and the other thing. Here's what you do. This is the key, Sean. This is the key. Lord, I lift up, and you put their name to you. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I give them into your hands. Because he knows. So here's the question today. Where are you? This isn't a game. One of these days this is all going to be over with. Where are you today? Is your heart right with God? Do you know him? Not about him. Do you know him? Maybe the bigger question is, do you want to know him? This one who died for you. This one who loves you. Who wants to give you an awesome life. Do you want to make that decision? Maybe you're a Christian and you've walked away. But you want to come back home. Remember Jesus said, I'm going to find you. If you're ready, I'm going to find you. And I'm going to bring you back home. Let's bow your heads in prayer real quick. Search your heart. Search your heart this morning. Where are you? If you're lost, if you're like I was, out there getting chased by a bunch of dogs and scared half to death, if you're ready to be found, Jesus said, cry out to me and I'll save you. If that's you, say, Pastor, I need that today. I, I need to be saved. I need Jesus' help. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I need that. I need to be saved. Maybe you're here today, and you're a believer, but you've walked away. Maybe like one of those blanks, you've wandered off. You didn't even know how you ended up where you are. But all of a sudden, you look around and you're lost. And you don't know how to get back home. Maybe you feel this condemnation that you deserve what you have. And maybe you do, but you need to understand that God loves you. 
And Jesus died for you right where you are. Regardless of what you've done, he loves you. And he's wanting you to come back home. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. I want you to come down to the front and stand in front of me, and I'm going to pray with you while Taylor and Wes sing and Marty. He'll go ahead. Just step out and come on down here. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I want to read this over you. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn how to live freely and lightly. And in that, there's so much. But what I want you to take from that is that we have a father who sees us where we are and for who we are and who still wants to give us an abundance of life and an abundance of grace. And he says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. And we have that. And in his presence is freedom and life. So take hold of that this morning. We're going to sing how he loves. And it's just talking about how he adores us and treasures us and how we are his own. So stand with me and let's worship in this place today. And I just want to challenge you for a moment. Just don't think about anything. And just love on your Father because He is pouring out to you all the time. Let's be free in this place. He is jealous for me. He loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath. The weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me and oh, how he loves us so. grace in his eyes if grace is an ocean we're all sinking oh and heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss and my heart burns violently and 
inside of my chest And I don't have time to maintain these regrets When I think about, when I think about the world take up an offering for these guys as they get ready to head back just give as the Lord leads you this morning they're college students y'all they've got to eat but we want to bless them as they go and thank you guys let's give them a big hand for Lansing just doing a great job a great job if you're making out a check just uh, write it to the church we're going to cut them a check here from the church this morning just give as the Lord leads you Lord, thank you for ransom. Lord, we speak a blessing over these young people today, Father, as they get ready to travel back. Keep them safe. Lord, bless their lives. Use them for your kingdom, Lord. Keep your hand on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.
Feel God's presence today? Amen. Amen. I want to let you guys know this afternoon, uh, Crystal and Steve Dravenstadt are getting married here at the church at 2, so immediately following service, we're going to be setting up for uh, that wedding. You're invited, of course. That's at 2 o'clock. And uh, remember, next week, we're going to have lunch immediately following second service. Make sure you're here. And uh, be praying as Randy and Jess come back. We're believe we're getting close to seeing if that's God's plan for our church, for our next young adult leaders and, we're, and youth pastors. We're excited about that to see what God's going to do. Amen. It's good to be a part of a good church family. Good to see God doing things. And one other quick announcement. Mr. Sublet, everybody look, here's Dennis over here. He is the new superintendent of Melbourne Independent School District as of this week. So. I was just wondering, Dennis, are they going to require you to go to church over there? Because I can write a Yeah, I know. I was thinking I can write a letter of recommendation. <laughs> uh, wasn't it? I've got to take every opportunity I get, guys. I mean, you know. No, we're so excited to see God doing that and believing God's going to bless them. And they're not going anywhere, so you don't have to worry about that. But we appreciate you guys coming. And uh, do y'all need any help taking stuff down, or have y'all got it? You're good? Okay, excellent. Let's all stand this morning. Grab your neighbor's hand, if you don't mind. Act like you like them. Come on now. (laughs) Father, we just pray that your peace and your love would be with us. Lord, help us as we walk out these doors to realize that there are folks all around us that are hurting and lost. Lord, help us to slow down and to see them the way you see them. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet, to speak your words to a world that's hurting and lost. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Y'all high five five people, tell them you love them, and get out of here.